this is chilling. What more can I say? Top villain. What up, everybody? This is your boy Bill Bellamy. This is Top Billing, and it's an exclusive. We are here in Chicago, Illinois. We're performing at the Airy Crown, and I decided to bring my podcast on the road. Today, we have one, none other than actor, comedian, writer, producer Gary Owen. We love him. He is a part of the culture in such a unique way. And he is one of my coolest friends. And he decided to get up early. He never does this. Ladies and gentlemen, can we make some noise for Gary Owen in the building? Let's get it. Thank you. Gary, Thank I you. so appreciate you. You know I love you, for real, for real. You have a very unique story. Yeah? Very unique story. I've seen, like, let me tell you, like, I never told you this. Like, I remember before I knew you, I saw you on BET one time. I saw a clip. Yeah. And I was like, there's a white guy on BET. And you was ripping, right? So I was like, damn, who the hell is this Gary Owen guy? Who's and here you come. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing I know, I end up meeting you. And you just kept building, kept, kept like just like climbing a mountain like to me. And I feel like it's really, really a wonderful story because we don't have any other Gary Owens. Owen. We don't have another Gary Owen in the game. Like, you are a unique story in culture, um, in comedy, uh, that I think is a wonderful story. How did you just decide, like, you know, because most people, like, try to just be mainstream and yeah. be safe and whatever, whatever. Like, how did you just carve out your niche in the game? I always wanted to ask you that. Well, when I started, I was in San Diego, and, and um, you could only get up at the comedy store on Sundays, open mic. Okay. But I was in the Navy, but a couple of the black guys was like, yo, we got Smokey's Barbecue over here. We got this place, this place. So you can get up four <laughs> or five times a week if you want to go to the hood. <laughs> right. So I just want to get on stage. Period. So I started doing all the, the, the quote-unquote black rooms in San Diego. Okay. So then Z90's hip-hop station, one year they was like, I was in my truck, and they was like, they said, we're looking for the funniest black comedian in San Diego. So I called, and I didn't say I was white. I did put a little... <laughs> I put a little bass in my voice. Put a little bass, yeah. yeah, like, hey, yeah yo, y'all got, got any openings uh, uh, at 7.30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, I think they kind of knew when I said Gary. Right. You know? Yeah, this Gary. It's kind of hard to sound gangster with Gary. <laughs> so I got there. I won the contest. Yes. And that got me an audition for Comic View. And then I got on Comic View and, like, so to speak, the rest is history. So that that's really how it started in a nutshell. But, but what's so interesting also that I learned from you is that you have a unique relationship with David Arnold, rest in peace. Yeah. He was he was a really good guy that we all love. And um David was one of the guys to me that um was always authentic. Yeah. He's um a Cleveland guy. He right. was Always a champion of other comedians, too. That's another thing I loved about Dave. Mm -hmm. He was always like, Bill, yo, man, you a gangster, man. I love what you do, man. You come in here. And here's a little, here's a little, uh, he always give you like a little uh, bump up on a joke, too. Yeah, like, he, right, right, he yeah. always give you a tag. But you guys have a very unique connection. Tell everybody. Well, his first, his first wife, mm -hmm. when I had, I had an ACL reconstruction surgery, mm -hmm. she was the one doing my paperwork in the Navy. Okay. So I had never really been on stage before. So I go to her cubicle, and she's doing my paperwork, and she had all these clippings of David Arnold all over. And he was just a local guy in San Diego back then. Right. And I said, who's that? And she goes, oh, that's my husband. I go, is he a comedian? She said, I go, I'm a comedian. I'm in the Navy. I'm in a brace. And I'm going, I'm a comedian. I've never really been on stage yet. Are you serious? <clears throat> no. And she was like, oh, yeah, I got to connect you then. So she gave me his number. This is when you had to call people at the house. Okay. 
So we, he said, yo, this is what you got to do to be a comedian. You got to get headshots. You got to get a bio. You got to get a resume. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was. Like, what is that? <laughs> so he had to explain it to me. Right. So I went and got headshots. Okay. I got a fake bio. A fake, I had never really been on stage yet. You just did and smoke I had his barbecue. Everything. <laughs> I had I did a photo shoot. I did everything. And then I started. Oh, my God. I started saying, like, I would send my stuff out to clubs. Okay. Keep in mind. I've been on stage maybe once, once. at this point. Oh my and I'm God. sending my stuff out to all these comedy clubs and stuff. And then, uh, of course, I wasn't getting a response because they all want a tape. They okay. want a VHS tape. Back then, you had to mail a VHS tape to the comedy clubs. Oh, my God. So I was like, uh, I, I remember I'd always call Dave, like, can't get no work, can't get no work. And then he stopped taking my calls for like a year. And then finally, somehow, organically, we reconnected. Okay. And he goes, yeah, I had to let you go. I said, what do you mean? He goes... You were just spinning the wheels. You were asking me the same questions every day. He goes, so I had to let you go to figure out, does he really want to be a comedian? Wow. He goes, So the, he goes, I noticed in the last year you've been going up a lot in San Diego, and that's when I started hitting all the, the black rooms in San Diego. Yeah. So that's how we got cool. And then when I got my reality show on BET, yes. they was like a, a newsflash. They do have writers on reality shows. Right. They said, um, <laughs> do you want to, who do you want to get? And they kept pitching with other people. I said, I want David. I want David. So I, to me, that was like my way of quote unquote paying, paying it back. forward. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I got I got him. Got I feel like I paid him back a little bit for helping me out in the beginning, and then I was able to get him on my show for a little bit. But but, but here's the thing that I want to know because everyone always asks me this question. Like they're like, "What made you want to be a comedian? Like what what was the thing where the light bulb said, you know what, this is my calling, or I want to try that? What made you say that? That's all I ever want to do from jump." And that's, I mean, from early, like, sixth grade, I think, when the the, the light kind of went on. Uh -huh. You know, you're watching Eddie Murphy, and and then you watch, uh, back then it was a and the Improv. Right. And then if you could stay up late, Tonight Show, every now and then we'd have a comedian on. I just remember every time I saw a comedian on TV, I would just lock in, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. And then people always, would well, ask me, like, was there anybody your inspiration? I said, high school, when Def Jam came out, and wow. I had never seen a reaction like that. That's the first time I seen like it felt like the crowd was rowdy. It felt like no, it, it was could church. go left. It was church, huh? The Def Comedy Jam audience was like a church crowd. Like we're in, in by Are you church. Serious? But what I'm saying by church, I mean like you know when the congregation go crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the pastor say something and they, hey man, yeah. like I've never seen an audience like that on television where if you hit a joke, you felt the energy like like just just rejuvenate or just vibrate through the whole audience. And, and it makes you perform better, right? Kind of, yeah. because you're like, yo, I'm killing. You know what I mean? And they used to do, I remember on In Living Color, they did, they would do a spoof about how... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah remember, I remember that. I remember they that would exaggerate people having a baby, yeah, people yeah, yeah. falling on the ground. <laughs> but in reality, that's what it was like. And that energy started at an uptown comedy club. See, I never, I never bumped into you in New York. Back then, I didn't. No, I know. Did. First time I ever went to New York was um, I did Caroline's. That was the first time I ever even been on a plane to New York. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. See, I never bumped. That's the thing about like I got wind of you on BT, right? Comic View and stuff like that. And I saw you because you were like the only white guy that was doing like black stuff. So I was like, "Yo, who's my man?" So I'm like grinding in the clubs and you know trying to come up. And then I got Def Jam, and what Def Jam did for for us, and you you witnessed it, it blew us up. Like, it was like, 
It was it was is literally like going to the NBA. Like that, if you were on Def Jam, you going to the NBA. Like you you made it to the league, and now whatever you do in the league is on you. But from your perspective, what did you see? What was it to you to watch Def Jam from your eyes? What was that feeling like to you? I never seen an audience react like that. Like you said, going yeah. nuts and and yeah. just jumping out of their chairs and switching seats, <laughs> and then high five. And that's the first time I'd seen like. I remember one time Martin had said, like, I think MC Light was in the um, audience. Mm -hmm. And she was dating, I don't know if it was Derek Coleman or something. I remember Derek Coleman was laughing. What was that? It was Todd one. I think you're right. Well, he ahead, said, I, and then he goes, yeah, she's here. He goes, and I fucked her. And I was like, oh, she get his ass kicked. And when I saw the crowd just oh lose my God. it, I said, okay, that's what I want. <laughs> I want to be able to talk shit yes. and people are just laughing about it and not take it so serious. Because I literally, I was on TV, go, oh, Martin's about to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, Yo, I just he, remember Derek Coleman was, was laughing. Remember Derek Coleman the Pistons? Yes. Yo, he was laughing so hard. They, they, the camera went to him. And, said, and, you know, Derek, <laughs> and Derek Coleman was like a surly dude on the court. Yeah. So that was and like. And Derek was a big, big basketball player at the time. Like he was he was on top. Because Derek Coleman at that time was like the first dude to ain't playing for y'all. Y'all don't know if you remember that. Yeah. He was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not playing for that team. Right. He was the first NBA player i ever seen do that. Like, nah, I'm good. So to see him yeah. laughing, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'm that's that was my first like realization, like, oh, the media can kind of portray people how they want. Because right. when you saw him in that setting, like I remember seeing Anthony Mason in the Def Jam audience and all the Knicks guys, and I'm like, Wesley John Starks. Nice. Yeah. You know, and I was like, they never smile on the court. And they're always like intense. And I go, oh, they're like, oh, they seem cool though. They seem different. <laughs> Like, See, we didn't have social media then. You yeah, know what I mean? You're only was, going off what you're seeing on the court and what you're reading about. Absolutely. You know? So Def Jam was like a whole like eye-opening thing to me. Like, oh wow, this guy's just regular. So you you came up in the in the Navy, right? Most people don't know that you Midwest guy, like Ohio guy, like mm -hmm. for real. Like you have never stopped being a bingo. Yes, it's God a bingo, baby. Damn, Gary. Yep. I root for you. And I, I be honest with you, like I kind of like the Bengals because of you, but I don't like support them because I'm a Giants fan and I like whatever. But like you have never even like gone to anybody else's games. You don't fuck around. You no. are dead. Like what made you lock in like with Cincinnati? Like like you the just Bengals? like hardcore, like I dog. But I love it. I love it. That's like, but you know, Cincinnati's <laughs> a small city. It's a okay. big city, but it's a small city. So okay. you know, we only got the Reds and Bengals. This <laughs> we don't have an NBA team. So you got, you got a baseball and a, and a football team, right. and you just ride with them. Right. It's frustrating, but you ride with them. We're, we're good now, but though. But listen, this is so funny, right? So when y'all got uh, Joe Barrows, right? Yeah. You, like, I seen your turn up. Your turn Look at his face. Look at his face. Listen, when y'all got Joe Barrows, like, Gary, you started turning up on everybody. Like, Finally. I, I remember you like you were getting like, I don't know if you got your toes, toenails painted. Yeah, I get them so, painted every year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, yep. what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, you are literally to me, you are like the quintessential um sports fan. Like, even though you're like famous and you're a comedian, you do all this stuff, but like you are like so locked in, it's fun to see. Are you the type that knows you don't have to sacrifice comfort for quality? Someone who lives large in life and in the bedroom. And when it comes to some things, size makes all the difference. 
Take your pleasure to the next level with the new Magnum Raw Condom, the thinnest Magnum condom with a wider contour shape for added comfort. New Magnum Raw, the thinnest Magnum condom yet. It's specially designed to provide heightened sensitivity and comfort. That's more sensation for you and your partner, providing a more natural feel. Now that's big time. More natural feeling, same premium quality latex to help reduce the risk of pregnancy and STIs. So when you need pleasure and protection in a large size, reach for that unmistakable gold wrapper. Live large and now thinner than ever with new Magnum Raw Condoms, the thinnest Magnum condom available where condoms are sold. What is it about the Bengals? Because I just want to give people some insight on this. Like, bro, you on your you on your social media, you look like you you have your own tailgate party. Or shit. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a, it's problem. a problem. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just diehard, man. I'm die, I'm never I'm never switching teams. You look like you'd be mad if like if if you guys were supposed to win a game. And y'all lose. It looked like you won't speak to nobody for days. Yeah, I don't like. I was telling. I was telling your guy off, cam- off camera. I was like, <laughs> I don't like going to sports bars. I'm so glad we now have NFL packages. Okay, why? I like to watch the games in my room. Okay, because I, I get. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Kansas City back in 2005, and they were playing the um, Steelers in the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Carson Palmer dropped this like 60 yard bomb to Chris Henry. First first play of the game for the Bengals, and he caught it. And that's when Kimo von Ohlfen hit Carson's knee and tore his ACL. Okay. So I'm watching it in my room, and I go, I'm like, yes! And then when I saw Carson down there, I go, oh, fuck! And I just start cussing, like, fucking bitch! <laughs> you know, I'm throwing pillows around the room. Security came to my room with a Kansas City police officer. Are you serious? Knocked on my door and said, where's the girl? And I go, what? They go, where's the girl? Somebody in the room next to me thought I was beating a woman up, Cause I was like, you fucking bitch, and, <laughs> and I'm cussing the TV, right. and I was throwing shit around the room. They literally thought I was cussing a girl out and throwing a woman around the room. So I was like, what are you talking about? And then they came to my room, and I go, oh, I'm watching the game. I said he got he got hurt, and then I never seen a cop just die laughing like this. I mean, this guy fell over like like leaned forward and was dying. The hat came off the cop. He goes, oh my god, dude. So he, that's when he told me, he goes, somebody called hotel security. I guess hotel security came and stood outside my door. And heard you. And heard me. Yeah. And called the cops. We call that white boy crazy. That's what, You went white boy crazy. Where's the girl? Where's I'm there as long as I live. Where's the girl? <laughs> what? They was in the bathroom. I remember they pulled the shower curtain back. Are you back. serious? I was like, my bad. But you're intense. You're intense. Like, here's the thing. So most people might not know this. Gary and I did our first movie together. You've seen him and think like a man. This dude is always just putting out great, great, great work. We did this movie called Back to the Strip, and we're playing strippers, right? Here is the funniest shit to me. So we got to do these little dance moves and stuff. We're doing all this stuff. Nothing goes wrong. Gary blows his MCL, ACL, TCL. All on the last day of shoot, Gary, what move was you trying to do when you said, you said, oh, my God. Like, it, it, I thought you was bullshitting. No, no. I think I <laughs> tore it the day before. Because I remember that that was my big dance scene when I was jumping all around. Which, right. by the way, it was it came out great, but they shouldn't have edited that out. When I did all that cocaine on the bar. They, they should have kept that part. Man, they should have kept that. 
Because Chris Chris Spencer was like, yo, just pick a song out. I chose Barracuda by um whatever group is it? Um Heart. Barracuda. Bar- Barracuda was a song. And he said, just do what you want. So I said, just get get some fake cocaine mm-hmm. and put on the bar. And I said, and I'll just I'll do a line down the whole bar mm-hmm. and then I'll just lose my shit. Right. So I white boy dancing. Right. And then I think I tore it that day. Cause you cause you thought it was real cocaine. Yeah. Okay. Cause I remember I I remember remember I slid. Cause I was doing some dancing and I slid and my knee kind of wiggled. So the next day, the last day of shooting, I don't know if you remember, I just like stepped down off the That's stage. That's what I said. And I went. I thought you was bullshit. You you went, ah. Oh, yeah. yo, I think I'm done. I said, Gary, stop playing. You was like, no, no. I think something went wrong in my knee. I was like, Gary, you bullshit. You was like, no, something went wrong. What was it though? I, I so what did you tear? I tore ACL, MCL. I tore it all. Like it just, I felt my knee go like this, boom. But I, here's what I learned. <laughs> For all the guys that want to be strippers, it ain't easy. Shit get real. Yeah. So, so if you know, you think you Magic Mike or, or, or Magic Ted, this man walking off the stage. We didn't even do the boogaloo yet. Pop! So, did you have, because I remember you said, I think I need surgery. I remember you said that. Yeah. So I learned a lot about... Um, <laughs> <laughs> How you can get the studio to pay for it. How, how'd you do it? Because I had to wait. I had to wait a year and a half because ah, this this is the problem with we're not gonna get into uh we're not we're not gonna get into um I don't know what do you, you want to call it? Medical insurance and stuff. Okay, we're not gonna talk about how we could we're just gonna talk about they, what happened. Okay, go. This lady got on the phone with me and I th- thank God there was one girl on set that said you gotta go to the ER because okay. you gotta report that within twenty four hours. Okay. So I had to go. He said, the doc said, I think you tore your ACL, but you got to get an MRI. So I was like, all right. But I got documented and went to the hospital. So then you get on the phone after it got confirmed I tore it, right? Mm. I'm on the phone for the lady with, um, what do you call it? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, would you get the, the set to pay for it? I don't know, whatever. Uh, set doctor. Uh, uh, Anyways, go. for them to get to pay for it, okay. right? She's on the phone. Did you ever tore your ACL before? I said, yeah. Yeah, in 95. When I met David, basically, right. right? I was like, yeah, I'm 95. And she was like, all right, any issues since? I go, no, no, keep in mind. It's like 25 years ago or something like that. Right. They denied the claim because they said it was a pre-existing condition. What? And I went, you got to stop. So I had to go back and redo everything and, and file everything again. I end up, they end up covering the cost of the surgery. Okay. But I was like, I can't believe that lady was so nice to me on the phone, and I'm being honest with her. And she's like, no. Nope. And she's like, yeah, it was a pre-existing. That, that like I they they made it sound like I got the set and my shit was already fucked up. Yeah, you had that since '95. Don't yeah, tell yeah, yeah. me because mm-hmm. they never want to pay for anything. That's the thing about insurance; they never want to pay for anything. So if you ever say something like that, they'd be like, "Oh God, no, we we don't we don't cover." Oh no no no! no I'm sorry. It was '94. This is how I know. When I had my knee surgery, mm-hmm. it was the day OJ drove the Bronco. So it was June 17th. You- <laughs> no, no, for real. What a reference. What a reference, man. My knee blew out and I saw the Bronco. Because I, this is funny. Only I'm, Gary can I'm say I'm coming some shit out like that. of anesthesia. <laughs> so I'm coming out of anesthesia. And I have, I'm in the Navy. I, my knee's all messed up. And in the Navy, Balboa Hospital, they wheel you out. It's like the war movies. Right. You just in a line, a conveyor belt of people having surgery. One guy might have a shoulder, might have a knee, whatever. So they're like, I was coming out and they go, Do you want to go back under? You, you know, whatever. I was like, I was like, What time is it? And whatever time it was, it was like four o'clock. I was like, no, no, no. Next play the Rockets, game six. Or you right? No, it was game, it was game five. It was two to two. It was game five. 
So I was like, I was no, 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 no. LA then. Yes, Nick's, I remember Nick's that. Nick's playing the Rockets. I, I want to try to see the game. So, you know, we don't have direct TV and all that back then. We had this tiny TV at Balboa Hospital, literally that big, had like four channels. But, of course, the Knicks and Rockets game was on, and it, it got about the third quarter, and that cut off. Every channel had OJ and the Bronco. I thought they would eventually get back to it. No, 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 no. They never got back to it. I had to wait till the next morning when the USA Today got delivered to, to my room what, what happened. to know what happened because there was no there was no internet back then like I that. Was, I was I was doing I was filming. That's so wow. I was so mad at OJ and him. I remember what you, what I remember vividly about that moment. I was doing MTV in LA. I was doing the Beach House. Yeah, That's I love funny the Beach House. How you, because this is what's so crazy. So we're doing Beach House, right? And they was like, yo, OJ killed somebody. Like, like it was like. And so we were all watching because everything that was on TV went blank. And it was the Bronco on the mm -hmm. 10. Yep. That's crazy that you did it. Because I was, you were in surgery or whatever, coming out of surgery. And I was in Malibu. Wow. Taping MTV. Wow. And we were all standing around the TV going, oh, shit. He right down there roughly by Santa Monica. We was in Malibu because we was trying to figure out, like, what part of the 10 yeah. he was on. And you was coming out of, you was, you was probably on Profile. Huh? Huh? Well, this is crazy. So I'm sitting there. You're watching the Bronco thing, right? And then they had this Marine, and there's just a curtain separating us, right? Okay. He had shoulder surgery, and he came out. I think he thought he was still at war because this dude started yelling, what the fuck? What the fuck? And all of a sudden, all these nurses and nurses' aides came running in. They're holding him down, and I'm going, what the fuck is going on <laughs> next to me? And I just see, and I could see them moving and the curtains moving, and then the one day I, I said, what, what's going on over there? She's like, oh, he, he came out of shoulder surgery. He didn't know where he was at. So I was like, what kind of PTSD was this? Thing? You got me in a room with this dude? And I got knee. I can't go in there. He got shoulder. He can get up and walk. Yeah. I was like, you can't Yeah, move. that's where I'm with for two days. That dude. <laughs> Private Ryan. Oh, my God. So give me, give me an idea. Um, speaking of, like, I want to go back a little bit because you you got a million stories. I just want to think about like who influenced you because you know you're in the Navy. You know it sounds like like me. I feel like I started out as a civilian. You know what I mean? I, I didn't know I was going to be a comedian, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Like who are some of the guys that you saw or just snapshots of people that you said, "Wow, I want to do that." Well, I, I mean, we touched on it earlier, but Def Jam for sure. Okay, I think everyone that I saw in Def Jam because I knew everybody. Okay. Like when they saw him, and then it was crazy because then Comic View came on mm -hmm. shortly after that, a couple Correct. years later, and that's when I didn't have cable until like season three of Comic View. So I got it late. When I got cable, I mean, DL wouldn't even host him. I think it was Cedric. It was wow. the first time I watched Comic View because it started with DL, then it went to Cedric. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I started watching Comic View. And it was funny because then I'd see a comic that was on Def Jam on Comic View doing some of the same jokes, but clean. Because you couldn't cuss on Comic View. Absolutely. So I was like, oh, this don't hit the same. This don't hit the same. No. Def Jam that was all. That was the beauty of, of Def Comedy Jam, and I kind of talk about this in my set, on the liberties that we had in the 90s, right? Because coming up in the game, um, Def Jam was, was such a liberation for us where we could actually say what we want to say. Mm -hmm. And they wanted us to be free and, like, be edgy. And if you wanted to curse... Even if you wanted to use a subject matter or what have you, we were able to do that, right? And that's why we were able to blow up. Like, just think about all the guys that you saw came on Def Comedy Jam and became TV stars and became movie stars, right? Um, that was my first. 
That, Def Jam was the first time I it hit me like, oh, people, Def Jam, they were really trying that last joke. You could see they wanted to hit. Yeah. Because they wanted that standing O and everything. Yeah. Because when you watch like The Tonight Show or any of the improv or the mainstream shows, you know, they just, thank y'all, good night. It's not about ending on a bang. It's just no. about existing. With the Dead Jam, I go, you're always waiting like, this, he's, he's gonna, they, they should end with something strong. Yeah. That five but minutes you had end. to. But do you know why? So we only had six to eight minutes, right? And they might edit you down depending on your, you know, your set, how you did, right? It was so crucial that you had a dynamic eight minutes because you wanted to you wanted that to propel you, right? You gotta understand, like my show, we had Bernie. Bernie Mac was bonkers funny. Like, mm -hmm. like there's nothing, you never seen nothing like this before. Then you had Chris Tucker do a set. You had um, uh, let me give you somebody else that was Steve Harvey. Like, Steve Harvey did the eye joke. Yeah, the Mitch Blood Green. Right. Yeah. This shit right here took Steve Harvey to a level that we we, we didn't even foresee because it was a joke, and, and the way he did it, you had Bernie. Here's the thing about Bernie, right? I heard about Bernie Mac before I met him. We didn't have social media. Right. I heard about Jamie Foxx. I had never met him. I heard, like, yo, this is dude from Texas. This dude from Chicago is crazy. Is mm -hmm. this dude from Chicago named Bernie Mac? Crazy. That's all you would hear. Yo, this is dude named Martin Lawrence from D.C.? Crazy. Wait till you see him. So you get to Def Jam, and it's like all-stars from places you only heard mythical stories about these people, mm -hmm. and they perform. So now you like, dog, man, it's do or die. Like, I got to have the best set. Like you said, I got to close on a banger or start with a banger or something because the guy that's going in front of me is killing, bro. So you had no, no wiggle room for a medium set. That's how intense it was. Would, would Martin, because sometimes, you know, Martin was going off the dome a lot. Yeah. Would he bring you right up if the crowd oh. was in hysterics or would he calm them down? No, no, no. Martin is bringing you up off a banger because you got to understand. I'd be like this. God. Martin Lawrence is probably one of the best comedic hosts I've ever seen. Now you got to understand. So Martin's, Pacing the show. He's the point guard. Boom, boom, boom. But he's banging out home runs in front of you, bro. So, yeah. like, Martin is dogging kid in play. He's talking yeah. about he fucked some girl. He's doing all this wild-ass shit and then bringing up Gary Owen. Like, so now what you going to do? Like, right. you you don't have no room to, to, to like, oh, how y'all doing? <laughs> no. You got to jump on that wave and ride it because right after you is Bernie Mac. So now you don't want to be the dude who get his set cut. Yeah. You don't want to be the dude that don't air. Did they do that? I heard it was like four comedians, only that three didn't air. didn't air. Now, I'm going to tell you a funny story. So we're all... Adele Gibbons, you remember the Tic Tac joke? Yeah. Okay. So Adele Gibbons does the Tic Tac joke, and the place goes into cardiac arrest. Like, people run around that theater, right? Chris Tucker comes up after her. He does this joke about Michael Jackson, blah, 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 being a pimp. People are running around the theater. Now, Bernie Mac, um, his dressing room is right across from mine. The door is open, and here comes this dude. I can't remember his name. I would have to call Bob Sumner. He was low energy. He did this, like, you know, sort of like bring him down to this to a zero. Yeah. 
after. What up, my man? Bob, Chris Tucker. Bernie said, what the fuck is going on? I, I said, I don't know. Bernie said, they booing motherfuckers. Hold on. Special. This mean too much to me, motherfucker. I said, oh, Bernie, what's that? He was like, they booing, man. I can't, I ain't come all this motherfucking way to get booed, right? I said, how the fuck? Bernie run down the stairs, come back. He said, like, man, this is motherfucking crazy. They booed that motherfucker on a, on a special. I said, Bernie, I don't know. He was like, man, he start pacing, he start pacing. I said, Bernie, you gonna be all right? He said, man, this, he said, man, this mean too much to me, man. That whole, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers yeah. came from somebody bombing. I heard that story. It's a true story. Yeah. I don't know why he said, I ain't scared of you motherfucker, but that's what happened. Cause Bernie was like, this shit mean too much yeah. to me. I like, he was like, man, I can't, it can't happen to me, right? Yeah. So one person's failure became another person's success in the moment. In fact, you don't even know the guy's name. I don't, bro. He probably, you know, wash dishes or something. I don't know what he do now. Fucking Dion Cole, man. <laughs> Sorry. We probably seen <laughs> Sorry, him at the airport. Yeah, he Dion the, Cole. Or... He put stuff on the belt. <laughs> what else would it be? Just kidding. I'm thinking low energy guys. Very, very low energy guys. But seriously, seriously, like um, Bernie. Bernie's took... my first guy I saw at a theater when I got to L.A. So Guy Tory took me to, I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be the Universal Amphitheater. Okay. And... We went and then we got backstage afterwards. And I, nobody knew me. Like, and I'm sitting there and uh, it got a little rowdy in the, in the dressing room. Like, comedians were doing too much. There's nothing worse than a comedian always on. And, never stop being funny. And like, they never but take they're, But they're doing bits. It's not organic. Right. Like, and they're, they're, ta they're saying something and looking for the room for approval. Like, yeah, right. I told that bitch whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. So that we had about, he had about eight of those in the dressing room at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Eight guys clearly trying to get their name out there or whatever. Right. And Bernie had his bodyguard with him or some security guy. And I saw him getting his hair. I literally saw it. I'm sitting like in a chair off to the side. And there was a bowl of M&Ms right here. And I just remember I was eating M&Ms because I was just in awe of seeing like, seeing Cedric. Right. Seeing Steve, seeing all these comics that I had seen. Was it was it Kings of Comedy? No, no, this is before. Oh, okay. The, the, the King started the next year. Okay. It was him by himself because he had um, he had uh, Yvette Wilson open up for him. Wow. That show. Yvette Wilson. It was Bernie and Yvette. And uh, I just remember he was he got in the security's ears. I could see what he's saying. I said, like, oh, he, he, they kicking people out. Because then I saw the security would make eye contact and make a movement, and then they politely would ask people to leave. And they were basically like thinning the herd, right? Uh oh So the, all of a sudden... The the eyes came to me and I went, oh shit. And I and I had I like, go, are these his M&Ms? So I started putting the M's back in the bowl. I was like, <laughs> so then uh -huh. they was like, he looked and they looked away and they let me stay. And I was like, oh, so I'm glad I got to experience that because early in my career, because I was like, oh, okay, just fall back sometimes. Right. You ain't gotta be the center of attention. And what I realized from that was like everybody that I end up meeting later on down the road that was in that room, mm -hmm. remember me in the room that night. And wow. it gave me like an in, like, like if, if I saw Martin, I go, Hey, what's up, man? I go, I met you at Bernie show backstage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether they remembered or not, it was a, it was an icebreaker to, yeah. to talk to people when you want to, you don't know what to say to people sometimes, yeah. but that was like a big icebreaker. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if they remember or not. But I just remember when he looked the, at me though. 
I was a little nervous. No, no, but the thing about you, G, man, honestly, like you are your own guy. Like you're your and you're comfortable in your skin. It, it feels like you've always been authentic, right? And cats feel that shit. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like comedians, <clears throat> we have our own fraternity. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an unsaid code about cats know you a killer, cats know you good. Like you 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 don't have to prove anything. And so back then they probably just felt it like it's it's like a, a really cool energy because you are a student of the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. You wanted to get to a certain level. You were like, okay, I'm a chill. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, you know, I'm not there yet, but it's all right. I just wanna I wanna be, I wanna be in this room. This is a great room to be in. Mm-hmm. And you gotta see, like a guy like Bernie Mac, he was like a big brother to me. You know, we in Chicago, so we shouting out Mac, you know what I'm saying? He just uh had a birthday recently. He was a big brother to me, you know, and um he's the only guy that I've ever seen outside of Martin that get a standing ovation as a host. It's hard to get a standing ovation when you host it. Yeah, yeah. As people are sitting down, they don't know where they see it is. He galvanized the room. He was so strong, bro. He was like a beast, like a bull. Like, like Bernie wanted to get on so bad. Like he taught me what hunger was, right? And how to um, exude that. Like exude your hunger through your comedy, right? And that's why he's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, it was always like, boom. Yeah. Ah, you know, I remember about that show, though? <laughs> he had dancers. Yeah. He had dancers at the University of Amphitheater because I was like, what are they doing? Because he had a band. The, I just remember the, the first five minutes was just everybody dancing. He had, I was like, wait a minute. Is, this, this, is he coming out? Is he going to sing? Then, right. Then he came out and did like two steps with the dancers and then started the show. I'd never seen, I'd never seen him before and I've never seen him since. <laughs> no. Ever. What speaking of uh, of like comedians, because you've been around some, because I want to tell you what Bernie gave. He gave me some advice that I wanted. What 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 comedian gave you some advice that you keep in your in your wheelhouse to this day? Mm. Can, can you think of? That's a good one. Um, I mean, early on, you know, uh, I remember the the summer of '98. Jamie, Jamie Foxx took me under his wing pretty heavy. That's when we did Held Up, mm-hmm. and he was. Um, it wasn't like one thing he said to me. He just like showed me around LA and got me in the loop, so to speak. Okay. And he he saw me on Comic View. And the same thing you're talking about. Yeah. He had one of his boys, Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac. Johnny motherfucking Mac. What up, Johnny? <laughs> I Johnny, love Johnny Mac. Johnny me was cool and I didn't know Johnny even knew Jamie really. Right. And then Johnny goes, hey, uh Fox wants you to come to the house. And I was like, huh? He goes, Fox wants you to come to the house. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So we went to his house, <clears throat> talked to him. And then like that whole summer we just hung out. With the, with the crew. And then um, that's, then he's like, hey, I got this movie. I'm going to bring you in for an audition. And then, it was, so it wasn't like just one thing he said. It was just, he really like. Embraced you. Yeah, like, and he, he used to always go, he goes, man, I ain't, I ain't, having, a, I ain't having a white boy in my house like this. <laughs> I know. He goes, that's the thing. That was before Jamie crossed over. Right. You know? <laughs> that, is- but but that, when we, here's the funny thing, and this kind of ties into you. So we do Held Up, right? Okay. And, Held Up is a, is, a, is a good movie. It's not great, but it's good. Right. But we had a hell of a cast before their time, you know, because we had we had um, uh, Sarah Paulson, who's Oscar nominated, Whoa. is in it. And then we had everybody was coming off Northern Exposure. We had Barry Corbin. Then we had um, Rosalyn Sanchez, who got Rush Hour 2 right after Held Up. Wow. Jamie got Any Given Sunday that right after Held Up. Yeah. We got back that summer. And I remember he was he was saying, "Yeah, I got I got this football movie going to bring me in for," 
was all right. And he was just supposed to be like an agent. And Oliver Stone was like, and I remember Jamie like was telling me like, yeah, Oliver Stone, man, I don't know, I don't know if he was messing with me or what in the audition. And then for whatever reason, the he didn't get the agent. And he became so, the quarterback. Yeah, because I guess somebody else had an offer out. Oh. And then didn't get it. Oh, yeah. And then so Jamie I can got tell you it. That story. Yeah. But they i what I heard, and I don't know, but I heard they held held up for two years because they wanted any given Sunday to come out first and we wanted to follow that wave. Right. Any given Sunday, because they're like, oh, if this blows, Jamie it was about a, to take it was, off. It, yeah, it's a, it, it was a big movie. It was a big Olive Stone movie. For people who don't know, and if you do know, I was in that movie as well with with Jamie and LL Cool J, Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, and this, that, and the other. And that uh, guy with the big schlong yeah, yeah, in the we, locker room. JC, we never talk about that. JC. The I was like biggest, this. this motherfucker had the biggest dick that wasn't hard. And they made sure like, like they showed it. Even if your dick got hard, you'd be like, man, I'm, I'm short on this one. Yeah, I was like, this, this. is crazy. Oh, I don't, I would have never got that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. And JC, and <laughs> JC, for that. they was like, anybody here uncomfortable taking this, uh, uh, being in the shot with with, uh, uh, with no clothes on? JC said, I'm good, baby. <laughs> the only dude who dick bigger than a whole motherfucking goddamn pipeline could do that. Like, oh, everybody like, was like, I don't know. That, that <laughs> never gets brought up about that movie. It's you like, didn't yeah, even see the crocodile. There, there was like this. Yeah, there was a... <laughs> Like, People forgot it was a crocodile like in there. Yo, they was like, who was the motherfucker? Yeah, the white dude was for in the, the program. Well, the, the white dude for the program. And then we talk about the argument. Right. But I'm like this. Are we ever going to talk about this JC. guy's huge schlong? That was JC, man. It was and, so and, big. And one of the nicest dudes. He just happened to be endowed. Man. And Oliver was like, you're going to be in this scene. <laughs> you're going to be in the shower Did scene. they know it before they casted him? Bro, JC... Let me tell you a quick story. This so J- conversation got weird. No, Sorry about I'm going to say, do we not, we don't, we're just being honest <laughs> about any given Sunday. So really what happened was, because I was supposed to be in that scene too, and I was like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not being You're supposed na- to be naked in that scene? Yeah, all of us were supposed to be. Wow. Because, you know, it was like after the game, cats taking a shower, conversation, whatever. And I'm like, I am not being naked. Next in, to that? Bro. He was the first motherfucker to take his shit off. As he should be. And I said, I'm, I'm going to my trailer. I don't need that kind of pressure. I was like, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. I was like, that's ridiculous. Is he real? Like, is that attached? So I went to my trailer. I said, I'm good. Oliver's like, I want all the guys. I was like, motherfucker, that's not in my contract. That is not in the scenes, whatever. So JC said, hey, man, I don't give a fuck, bro. Give a yeah, fuck about that duh. shit, bro. Um, bro, look, man. I'm off the chain with this. Yeah, that's Florida boy shit, right? So he goes in the shower, he does everything. We didn't know what's gonna make the movie. But can you imagine, can you imagine being in that scene and he's standing right there and then go cut to Gary? I didn't realize <laughs> there was other new guys in the scene. <laughs> Your shit looked like a Vienna sausage. Man. Anyway, let's keep moving. So I'm gonna tell you something real funny, real quick. So, in a given Sunday, Jamie. I'm gonna give you the ta- I'm gonna give you the tag into that. So Jamie came in like you say maybe he was going for the agent. So the first offer was out to Puffy. I heard that. This is a true story. So Puffy was actually supposed to be relatively the quarterback. We have a workout at USC. There is no way that you can be in any given Sunday if you're not an athlete. I don't give a fuck what's on your resume. You could have said you played, but here we go. We're on the field. If you're going for the quarterback, you got to be able to throw. If I'm wide receiver, I got to be able to run. I got to be able to catch. There was no, if you're a running back, you got to look like you can run. Cut to. The funniest shit was the tap out, right? So Puffy comes. 
He's on his phone. He's kind of like dating J-Lo at the time, I think. It's like right in there or whatever. So Puffy's on his phone. He's being Puffy, right? You know, But now he's love. You know, he's changed his name like 19 times, right? So there was like, they had real quarterbacks, college quarterbacks and pros out there, right? Cool. So I'm, I'm playing wide receiver. I, I run my routes. I run some slants. I run post corners. I'm running hooks. And this is what they want to say, run a hook route. Run it, right? So I'm like, oh, shit, this shit real? Oh, shit. And the dudes that's throwing to me is throwing smoke. Let me tell you how crazy it is. When you are catching a ball from a pro, you can hear the ball coming. Trust. So, so, pow. It's like a baseball. Yeah. So, I'm like, yo, the ball's coming. Pow, right? I said, oh, shit. Because I didn't want to drop the ball. So I was catching a lot of them with my body, and I was, you know, cuffing them right, whatever, whatever, right? So they said, okay, uh, Sean comes. Sean, let's go. Get off your front. Come on. He gets under the quarterback. He going to be mad when I say this. This shit is crazy. So they say, hut, 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 And he goes back. You know how you throw with your left hand with your weak hand? Yeah, yeah. That was his regular hand. Shut up. <laughs> Motherfucker was like, oh, da, 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 da. they was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, I, I was like, he's not gonna make it. <laughs> Can we get Mace? Can, uh, Can we get Mace? <laughs> bro, we need the backup. Bro, nobody said no, but we all saw that shit. He was like, mm. we was like, uh oh, uh uh, not today. Not today when we got Carson Palmer out here. You know, it was dope. Let me ask you, was, was Jamie out there that day? Cut to. All right, this is fun. This is true I know story. I've video. never told this story. I'm only telling you because you walked me into it, right? So we're on the field, and here is the funny shit, right? You, if you got tapped, it's over. Don't you don't want them to touch you, Gary? Oh, because if they gone. touch you, you're done. We've seen enough. <laughs> Soon as Puffy threw that, they tapped him. <laughs> he was like, "What? You, what what's up?" He was like, "No, we got, we got. Well, thank you." <laughs> Thank you for your services, right? <laughs> so I was like, don't let nobody know touch me. I didn't want nobody to touch me. I was trying to stay away from motherfuckers because I was just seeing people disappear, disappear, yeah. disappear, right? So here come Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie's so, an athlete. So here, athlete. Come ja here come Jamie Foxx, right? And um, they were like, uh, we're going to do, do a couple snaps with Jamie. And I said, oh, shit. Because first and foremost, there's a couple things about quarterback. It's three-step drop, five-step drops, if you know what it is. Mm -hmm. Puffy didn't know no drops, right? He was just running backwards. Ah! So <laughs> Jamie was the first thing he did. And this is something I realized because Jamie played football. Yeah. So Jamie, and he had, the, when you do, you're doing this, he's on the center, whatever, and he had it right here. Like, it looked real. He was, he was like, he was looking like, I said, oh, Jamie, real. Yeah. Oh, he gonna get this motherfucking job. He ain't on his phone. He came in that motherfucking focus. They never call Sean again. Wow. Never. That's how Jamie got the movie. He came in, boom, 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 hut, 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 hut. Came back, boom, 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 low. And he was throwing dimes. No, Jamie was throwing dimes. I said, yeah. oh shit. Now Jamie couldn't throw more than ten yards. That's. <laughs> but they were accurate. Yeah. This is the funny thing about Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx could throw Ecker, but he couldn't throw 70 yards. Yeah. They had another dude who could throw. This dude who became, all of us became friends, he was the guy that threw the long ball. This yeah. motherfucker could throw 70 yards, bro, on a, on a tightrope. And how big was his dick? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming it was very big. <laughs> was he in the scene? Was he in the scene? He wasn't. In. Oh. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know why you got me in this shit, right? <laughs> so I'm the wide receiver, so I'm getting all the passes from Jamie and different people, right? I'm trying to think of his name right now because he was Jamie's guy. He would slide in and do Jamie when we had. To, I had to run the like, you know, the post, the post route. I'm going like a fly route. I'm going far. I got to run 50 yards. Like, wheel it out. The funny shit he used to say. He said, "Hey, babe, just run. I fed XT. I fed XT, baby. That's what Jamie work. said the other guy. No, no, the other guy. Jamie couldn't uh, throw. Yeah, 12 yards the most accurate. I'm exaggerating, but Jamie could throw like mid range. But this guy could throw." Far than a mother. You can't outrun his arm, bro. Hmm. So, <clears throat> case in point, these are my scenes. And I played Jimmy Sanderson in um in a given Sunday. So I gotta run these long routes. Like it's it's almost like you're running, you run a sideline and you shortcut to the middle. Bro, you ain't outrunning this motherfucker arm, bro. So he be like, hey Bill, just run, dog. On guard, bro. I'll FedEx that motherfucker till you could. That's how you talk. Yeah. Swear to God, you run, here it come. You can see the package on that bitch. Boop! If you didn't turn, it'd hit you in the head. Accurate, bro. And that's when I was like, yo, man, athletes, it's another click. It's like comedians. There's another click. Like us, when we're really, we're really, really funny people, right? We're another click. Like it's, it probably dudes looking at us and go, man, I bet you I could be funny as Gary Owen until you see Gary Owen. Well, it's it's also you don't realize. Like, we're professional comedians, right? Right. And you think there's a lot of us, and there's not. I know that because I do, I do Dallas every year for New Year's. Okay. And for us to find um, different lineups every year and guys that are selling a, a halfway decent amount of tickets and are delivering, you think there's a lot it's until really you realize, like, oh, there's less than 60? Less than 60, I mean, yeah. I'm talking about just the urban market. Facts. You know? There's not a lot. And it's the same thing when you when you think about athletes. You're like, yo, when they, there's 32 NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. That's it. And then you, and you talk about that. Like, you ever been in a batting cage and had a ball come 70? That's moving, bro. Let alone a ball coming 90. 95 and curving. Or you talk about running. Everything athletes would be like, he ran a 4-4-40. I could do 4-8 is moving. 4-8 is fucking moving, bro. 4-4, four, 4-3. Four, four, like, that's the thing. They always be like, yeah, 4-4, four, 4-4. Four, four, four. I said, bro, come on now. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people run the 40 and they come in at 4-8, four, 4-9. Four, I go, that dude was flying. The people, don't, people don't realize this, man. Only person that I, that I heard, because you're such a uh, sports guy, was Bo Jackson. Did you see Bo Jackson's story? Yeah. So Bo Jackson, I just saw this recently, and I said- But he's got a big dick. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> Sorry, it's just got weird. <laughs> Everybody know boat, right? So I probably just, faster if his dick wasn't as big. Right, right. You could throw it over his head. So real quick, right? <laughs> so Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, I just saw this and I said, that's unbelievable. So they wanted Bo Jackson to run the 40. He said, Do y'all want me to run it, run it, or like run it? They said, Bo, can you just like run it for real? He ran the first one at a four, six, some, some crazy shit. And he said, well, if you want me to run, like run, you got to open that exit door over there. You got to open that exit door because I ain't going to be able to stop. Right. <laughs> they said, Bo Jackson 
ran like a 4-3. He ran so motherfucking fast that he ran through the emergency exit part. Like, he couldn't slow down and then got in his truck. Like, it was... <laughs> but guys Yo, like they him was pissed like, me off. Shit! Bow! Bow! He was gone. They, they said it's the... It's one, it's, I think it's the fastest ever recorded in the combine. Bo Jackson. Well, Baseball, football. But it's a problem. Guys like Bo pissed me off because then you see the documentary, like, oh, he didn't really work out. He it was natural. Or Everybody I've says heard, Bo was phenomenal. I heard, I heard a legendary stories about uh, Adrian Peterson from the Vikings. What they said that dude would be in meetings eating like the cookie dough, uh, like you cook the cookies. Mm. Now he just peels it back and would be munching on it. I was like, and, you know how much sugar and gluten is in that? Yeah. And he's still like a rock. Have you ever met Adrian? Yes. He's not that big. No, but his handshakes yeah, are legendary. Yeah, yeah. His handshake is up here and it's strong. Like you oh, got knee be, buckled. You I thought he was being a dick. No, I met I met Adrian Peterson for the first time in Houston, right? And you are not lying. You gotta be already ready for him. Let me tell like, you, you gotta give be, me a secret. Like, your hand go. I'll give you a secret about handshakes. <laughs> okay, go. Always do this. If you feel like somebody's gonna squeeze your hand, give me your hand. All right, good. All you gotta do is flex your finger right here. You can't hurt it. Oh, you gotta flex. Just put this finger right here. As hard as you want right now. Bro, how'd you learn that? I was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what the fuck? Learned that at a police academy. For some reason, they said always flex your finger when you're shaking somebody's hand. They can't squeeze it. Because somebody will fuck, you know, like they. Adrian. I didn't Peterson. do it with Adrian because my knee buck. I thought he was being a dick. I didn't realize that's no, 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 his handshake. That strong, bro. Yeah. Like, um, it's funny how you said that because I met Adrian Peterson in Houston. I was in some club or whatever. And he was like, yo, Bill Bellamy, man, how to be a player, blah, blah, blah. And he went crack. And I was like, yeah. Mm. And, so, and then you ask people about it, like, why do you do that? And they go, oh, no, he, he didn't realize it. That's just him. No, that's just like real, regular country boy shit, yeah. bro. Country now, strong. Got one for you real quick. So sage advice, I want to go back to this because uh, Bernie Mac told me this. For whatever reason, don't know why. We're on Def Comedy Jam tour. And so... Doing it so back in the day, Bernie used to smoke cigarettes a lot, and he smoked. He always drank a Michelob, like a, no, really? no, a Miller Life, Miller Life, Miller Life. Wow, I don't know. I he always that. had a he always had a smoke. I need to smoke, and he had a little beer, right? Cold, cold, cold. So Bernie said, "Man, I want to talk to you, man. I had to talk to you." I said, "Bernie, what's wrong? No, no, no. I'm gonna talk to you when I talk to you. I'm gonna talk to you now." So I'm like, "Damn, Bernie, mad at me or whatever, right?" Boom, 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 boom. Bernie comes to my room. I to this day, I don't know why Bernie said this to me. He said, I'ma tell you something, man. You gonna go far in this motherfucking game. But everybody can't go with you. You gonna want them motherfuckers to go up that hill with you, but they ain't not gonna be able to go up that motherfucking hill with you. You gonna have to be selective about who you keep around you, man. You got too many motherfuckers hanging on you. You gotta get that weight off you, bro. Fact. And I swear to God, I was like, God damn, Bernie, what's wrong? Who? I, I didn't, I was young. And I was like, who is it? You don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And walked out my room. To this day, I will never forget that. Because I was just like, damn, like, why would he Did say that? Did you have that? an entourage at that time? I had a bunch of motherfuckers with me because I blew up fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, it, like, people look at my career and it was like, yo, Bill Bellamy got it easy. You know, he just, but I did kind of blow up, like, fast. Because I was yeah. like, Def Jam, MTV, like, boom, pow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at that time, I didn't know what fame does to you. So fame is, is like a drug, it's sexy, it's like a magnet, right? So when I was coming up, I got 
famous so fast that people were like, you know, you know, you know, it's like Cassie, I'm bringing a whole hood with me, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you remember back in the day when, um, I don't know if you know this story, like I think it was uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, KG had like 16 cats living with yeah. him in a mansion or something yeah. like that. And I was like, 16? I only got 14, right? No, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at that time, you know, I was just trying to like keep my boys with me, you know what I'm saying? Cats that came up, whatever. And Bernie told me to clean that shit out. And it was true. That's why I asked you, because that was one of the things that, that like kind of, you know, hit me in the chest. Cause I was like, okay, this fame thing is crazy. This success thing is crazy. How do I like keep my sanity? How do I stay happy and not think that I got to bring the entire hood with me? Like I just gotta Did bring Did you my have um people come up with open up for you? Mm -hmm. They were your openers too? I had openers. I like I did a, I still do it in a smaller way. Like I always wanna help um young comedians, you know, like if I see somebody that's really funny or I see potential, you know, I'll bring them on the road or I try to help them Ooh. with, you know. I'm probably the worst judge then because, man, I've had some terrible openers. <laughs> and I don't mean not funny. You said I mean, terrible. I mean just at the core, just not good human beings. Period. Just will throw you under the bus and do dirt behind your back. I mean, I'm like continually. I was like, dude, another one? Yeah. You think? And I was like this. And people don't realize that. I remember Duval had his buddy Kool-Aid passed away. Yeah. I remember Kool-Aid. And um, you know, you you, you text you, you text your guys, sorry, what happened, you know. And then I remember he was like, Yeah, I remember Duval saying it wasn't anything on stage. It had nothing to do with how funny it was. It was off stage. He he like generally liked hanging out with him and he had his back and knew he could keep his secrets. And he was loyal. Loyal. Right. Yeah. I d I don't have that, or I haven't had that. Yeah, cause you got like you got like These crazy I'm, stories. I found I mean, out. I, I know about my two stories that's crazy. Like you two was like, "Be I don't trust not one motherfucker." You see, I I travel so light now. Yo, you're light, it's light, rare. Like I'm surprised you got a hoodie on, cause you don't even have. You don't even want nothing on your neck. Man, <laughs> yo, they did me so dirty. But but I want, cause here's the thing. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna segue into that. Here's the thing about fame, right? People are attracted to it. It's like women, guys. Guys are attracted to it because they're like, you're on, you, you're popping, you're making money, you know what I'm saying? Now we got social media. They see that we work, we're we doing this, we're doing that. And so you get people that want to be around that. Like, they want to be around you. So for me, as a young um, actor, comedian, whatever, I had to learn how to discern, like, who's real, who's not. And I got that lesson from Bernie Mac, right? Okay. Maybe you didn't get that lesson, but you have learned through adversity that you can't trust everybody and you can't have everybody around you. What was the first eye opener that you said to yourself? Like, yo, I got to lighten this shit up because it's crazy. I can't have that happen to me again. Ooh, I got, I got to, I got to work with people that I'm not their only source of income. <laughs> That's what I learned. You, so you need, you need a, a, a dude or, or, or a female that work around you that definitely has another job as e well. E either that, <laughs> either they got to be real young, right? That they don't need a lot of money, okay? Like I'll, I, I got this young guy Adam goes and wrote me. This guy ain't got no kids, ain't married, right? Has a roommate, dude. A thousand dollars of him? He's he's like balling, and he's so he's so appreciative right. of just getting on stage. So that's one. And then on the other end, or, or I got a couple guys that are older that 
kind of they do it kind of for fun. Right. Stand up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they got one guy's got some rental properties and one guy's got this. I'm like, okay, these guys are solid too. What I'm not gonna do is get somebody in their 30s or 40s that want to be you that's still featuring. Yeah. And is looking to you for everything, every appearance. Oh my god. Every dime they make. Is coming from you or yeah. the or the gigs you booked them. Right. I said, I can't do that again. Cause once you let them go, they get oh, here they come. They forget all you did for Bro, them. People, people it's like short-term memory on that shit. Like, Cause you, you shouldn't know. be somebody's opener for like I'm talking about the clubs. It's different with someone like Kev who's got the plastic cup boys. Like those are dudes. He's he's been on the road with them forever, right? right? I'm talking about like you shouldn't be at comedy clubs open up for the same dude for more than four or five years. All I right, I got a funny story. I don't know if I should tell this shit because it's probably going get, to get get funky. But I got to do it because it's funny to me. So, so DL's my big brother, right? Love mm-hmm. that brother, right? So DL had this dude open him named David Rayborn. You know David? Yeah, I know David. So David Rayborn, I first time I met Dave Rayborn, David Rayborn, he was uh, in Dallas, you know, whatever, whatever. And and um, I think Steve Harvey had a club called Vukure. You remember that? Never, no, you you missed you wasn't that's you you was it in Dallas? It's in Dallas. It was called Vukure. So make a long story short. Was that short. his comedy club? Yeah. Steve Harvey had a, a comedy club. I, I, was, heard, I heard Erica Badu used to be the one that picked people up. Bro at that club. It's bro, it's a, it's legendary. So David Rayborn used to um be the host and Chucky Ducky and a couple of cats that I met first time I ever came to Dallas. Oh, a bunch of bangers. Come on, man. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. Stop, stop. <laughs> so back in the day, do not. Do not listen to Gary. So real quick, <laughs> bangers. I'm just fucking with you. So um, cut to a couple years later, David Rayborn is opening up for DL. They kind of look similar. They kind of look. They kind of look similar. Same height, light skin, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Dave, you cannot beat DL. He like morphed into DL. Like it was crazy. Oh yeah, he, I've seen that. Yo, happen too. it was it was because you just reminded me that. Yeah. Like you can't be with another comedian that you want to be. You got to be a, your own person. Like David Rayborn changed his name to DL Rayborn. That's or funny. Like 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 I I, I <laughs> <laughs> he started smoking cigars. Tommy, am I? You know he know. I swear to God, I I saw David Rayborn. And I was like, you cannot open for DL no more. You have his same shirt on. What are you doing? I've seen it. You know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> See, Tommy, Because when people that. ask me, you know, who you think is funny right now, and I said, I don't watch a lot of stand-up anymore. Right. <laughs> for that reason. Okay. Because I've seen it happen too many times. Not just the I've seen people, and not not take their jokes, but take their mannerisms. Right, like, like and you, their cadence, you, will, you And everything. I, they're starting I'm to taking move that like advice, I'm taking that advice from you. No more than a certain amount of time. Because what you said is right. You They, they just, they kind of like... They kind of like, they don't mean to steal anything. I think they just sponge. It's just like being around you. They yeah. start moving like you, talking like you, your cadence. Dude, I, I remember these same these same few dudes I'm I'm going to keep nameless. Uh, I, I said mine. It Sorry. was like, oh, my God. They started touching on every topic. And I'm like, dude, you don't have a black wife. What are you talking <laughs> about right now? You know, yeah, mixed kids, man. I'd be like, what the fuck? You, you don't even mixed have mixed kids. <laughs> You're Asian. <laughs> well, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. I said, I said, oh my God, I can't be that guy. So okay. I just said, of course, with social media and TikTok, I mean, you're going to watch clips. Correct. But for me to watch an hour special, I just, I don't I, watch I anybody do special. I don't. Because I don't, 
There's a few either. things that happen. One, I don't want them to tell a joke that I'm like, fuck. I should have said that. I should have. I had that. I, I had mad, that in my I'm head mad. roughly. Or, and, and again, I don't want to, I just don't want to ever think Me that mine's on mine. I do the same thing. Like, I try to stay in my zone. You know, and, and 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 I don't hate on anybody. Like I love everybody who's doing their things. But well, we stuff. think alike. But we think alike, and there's certain subjects and stuff like that. Like I want to watch them because I love them, but like I don't want to like watch and then and like you know what I mean. I don't want to get anything. Like I love Dave. Dave Chappelle's my guy. Like I will not watch his special. Like I'll watch a clip or two. Like mm -hmm. I'll go see you live. You know, I'm saying yeah. Dave's like man. Appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. Like, but I'm not gonna sit there and like absorb because then you might leak. You know, I don't yeah. know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get it. But all right, let's cut to this. You have had one of the most controversial, like, real lives. Like, let me tell you why. <laughs> let me just tell you why. Because, like, when you did the reality show, like, I'm anti-reality. Mm -hmm. Just being honest with you. I'm anti-reality. Ain't never going to do it. Don't want to do it. You'll never see me on a roast because I'm a real cat. You say something crazy, I'm going to go crazy. I don't, yeah. I don't play that shit. So real quick, for me, reality shows for me are I feel like we give up too much of our personal lives um, to these people that manipulate us and they don't know what's good and bad. And then, then the world gets to critique your fucking life. And I don't like yeah. that shit, right? So... When you did the reality show, I was I was praying for you that you were going to get through it because I've just seen the disaster of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, you have made your bread and butter off your reality of your life. Like you mentioned earlier, like having a black wife and that's your real orientation and your children and this, that, and the other. What made you decide, just like, all right, I'm going to try this shit. Fuck it. I'm an actor already. I'm doing things. But why, why would I? What, what made Gary Owen say, I'm going to do that? Oh, the reality show? Mm -hmm. It kind of, it's weird. It came it came so random. I had a meeting with this lady named uh, Stella, who used to be Mariah Carey's manager. Mm -hmm. Where, I'll never forget, we were at the Four Seasons of Beverly Hills mm -hmm. at the restaurant there, and as I'm talking to her, T.I. walked in, randomly. He just walked in. Tip. And I was like, yo, he joins the meeting because he was waiting on some of his people. Okay. So now the three of us are talking, and then he was like, He's telling me about his show, uh, Family Hustle. Family Hustle. So he was like, he was telling me the good and bad, and still was like, yo, I think I think we could do a reality show with him. And so that's where it it lit. And I even asked him, my my big concern with the reality show was the kids. And he, and T.I. was like really coaching me through what, what what's going to happen and everything. And then uh, it just kind of, we went and pitched it. And, and BET picked it up, and we got it. And, and I never forget, like, the first episode aired, and um, my daughter came home, and and somebody at her school said said some side remark or something, and I said, I told her, I said, she's having lunch at Panera. <laughs> You're on TV every day. You judge her. She don't judge you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're a baller. What are you talking Stop about? Playing with me. She's getting a chocolate chip cookie at Panera right now. Come on now. <laughs> Judge you, you yeah, judge her. Bread. You judge her. No, but it, it uh, the marriage didn't. The reality show had nothing to do with the marriage ending. You sure? Nothing. Because it seems to me, and I, I mean, I'm obviously, you know, I study the game, and I'm kind of like, it feels like to me every time people do reality shows, it just causes so much havoc on your personal life. Like to me, like I try to. Well, that my, was the goal, Bill. 
I that know. Was, okay. like, the goal was to end my marriage. So I was like, well, let me make some money off of it. Get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, I was like, oh, we can do this. This would be great. This is going to work. Make a little cash on the side. Get money and get this bitch out the way. So real quick. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Scoop, Hold on. Scoop, 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 scoop. I'm like this. Sorry, sorry, Don't be talking about my ex like so, that. Sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> but, but real quick. I'm like this. No, but I... Okay. But listen, listen. Bill said that. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just being honest. She got so like, like cousins. For me, for me, like, I always felt like, you know, once you let people in, it, it's like throwing a grenade in your house, kind of, sort of, right? And I've known you a long time. So I was like, you know, I know how much you were into your wife and da da da, da at the time. And you guys were doing this thing and whatever. Because I was like, because here's the thing. I'll give you your props. I never told you this shit, right? Because, you know, usually white guys, when they have a black girl, she'd be kind of busted. And she looked like she worked at, you know, Barnes & Noble or something, yeah. right? Your wife was a banger. Like this is the y'all see the new one. I know. I got you. I know. Right? You, yo, yo the Gary. New chick? Hey, Gary don't play, right? So, oh, you saw the new one. Yeah, I, oh, I forgot. Yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah, I see how banger, you wrote banger. banger, banger. You level up. Level up. Yep. So real I'm quick. Glad I'm a right? comedian. So so this is the funniest shit, right? So everybody's like, you know, Barry, you they was like, yo, you know Gary got a black wife. You know, she 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 dope. She from Oakland, this, that, and the other. I was like, from Oakland? Gary? They was like, yo, Gary Owen got this. This black girl from Oakland. I'm like, all right, whatever. I had never met her at the time, whatever. This is like years ago. And you walked in with her. I said, go, G. Go, oh, G. I funny. see you. I see you. No doubt. Damn. <laughs> Cut to the new wife. Do, 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 do. Damn. Whoa, whoa, you said wife. It's girl. Just girl. Oh, God, oh, you ain't got to be married Why are you trying to hold it? No, what? you're you're going to get me in trouble. I'm sorry. Okay. It's new gonna, girlfriend. New girlfriend with Jeez, kids. Okay, dude. cool. First and foremost... You definitely love chocolate, okay? Yeah. Cool. And you ain't never going to stop. Sometime when you get that chocolate, you just got to have it. No, I'm not now. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I'm not switching up. No, you don't. <laughs> he, he, yo, he went from chocolate to, to like, what what, he, what did he get? The latte or something? What is what? Taylor Swift? No, no, he, he got Starbucks. <laughs> he got the whole franchise with her. He got the whole franchise. Yeah, he went from black coffee to, nah, I just, I just buy the whole franchise. Yeah. I'm good. Taylor Swift, that's the muffins, that's the egg bites, <laughs> that's the coffee, that's the tea. Oh my he God. bought everything. He bought that and Pete's. <laughs> he bought all the coffee companies with you Taylor stupid. Swift. Coffee bean. So listen, right? So you you have this affinity, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's for, not affinity. What is it? What it's how do you, it's, how do you no. just know you like black women? It's like what because you listen. don't even look like the kind of white guy to me that would like black women. You like our women, like, Here's what is thing. it about us? We overthink We are shit. Wakanda. We overthink. You like Wakanda. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> I'm not going to the Hall of Justice. No. So Go ahead. We, over, we overthink things. Right. This is what I learned in the older you get. We okay. definitely overthink relationships, and we overthink why we like certain things. Okay. It's like we're men. <laughs> we lead with our dick. Right. If your dick gets hard, that's what it that's is. That's what you want. Right. That's what it was. So right. I, at an early age, he's like, "Yo, I'm like this is what we're doing. Let's ride." <laughs> Why are gay guys gay? Because they dick is hard when they see a dude. <laughs> In the end, that's why you're <laughs> that's gay. One and two. It's not anything to do it. Ain't got no childhood trauma. <laughs> Ain't got an auntie touched you. No, your dick is hard when you see a dude. <laughs> And that's why you're gay. There it is. Done. I never My knew. My dick gets hard. Black women. Not all, but a lot. A lot. <laughs> Not all, 
But Gary, it's nothing wrong with it. Like, like, but, yeah, but no, I know. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 wrong the with coolest it. shit, though, bro. This is why I fuck with you, heavyweight. You are so you and comfortable in your skin, bro. You don't give a fuck, bro. And you know what you like, and it is what it is. You like, yo, B, man, I like steak. I want a little peppercorn, that's it. Yep. You got to put nothing else on it. I like what I like. Yeah. And But but you've been that way, and that's why I wanted you on my podcast. Because I don't, you know, I did your podcast. I don't know if people kind of like, to me, feel like they know you and your real self, like to me. Because you are a well-rounded guy. Like, you know, you do everything you are a real dude. You're a sports guy. You're like a comedian's comedian. Like, you don't have no bad rep, like, really. Outside well, that's good. Of, uh, outside Except of, the, you know. Those two openers. Yeah. <laughs> that tried to, you know, whatever, whatever. But when you navigate, you know, coming out of a marriage that was, you know, kind of like, you know, got all messy and crazy and whatever, how did you, because I, I ran into you during the course of this and this thing. We were shooting the movie. We were in the midst they, of we're it. We're going through the crazy shit. Yeah. How were you able to keep this this part of you? Like, how were you able to kind of like not let it? Well, it, it appeared to me that you kept your head above the water. You didn't want to go dirty with it. You yeah. kept. How were you able to do that in a hard time? Well, I think as comedians, that's what we do. We compartmentalize things right. a lot of times because okay. we we have to whether whether you're on the radio, whether you're in a movie acting, or you're going on stage. You know, whatever going on in your personal life, you got to set that aside right? because people don't really care. Yeah. And that's what I really realized was when you talk about social media, when I got, when I was quote unquote getting dragged mm. a long time, I was like, oh, when I, you go out in public, nobody says that in public. Like the the vile comments you hear. Right. I, I never got it. It was always, hey, Gary, it's, it's you're always, waving. It's always on social media. Can I get media. a picture? It's only social media. And I, I was like, those people aren't real. And I remember I was in Baltimore, Maryland, and that's when TMZ got a hold of it. And I'm kind of, I was locked in a room for like a week and a half, a hotel room. Because yeah. she's avoiding a process server. I'm avoiding a process server. And all you got is your phone and and your computer. Correct. And so you're just looking at, you're reading all the comments. And people lie when they like, they never read comments. We all going to read comments. Yeah. So I'm reading everything. And I'm like, good and bad. And I'm like, you know, some people are like, he's going to lose his fan base. He ain't got enough to talk about on stage, right. things like that. What are you going to talk about now? Right. Yeah. You don't even know. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I was in Baltimore, and I was at the Baltimore Comedy Factory, and a lady in the back just, I'm like, an hour into my set, I'm about to say goodnight, and she just goes, I love you, little cheating ass. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't think you know how bad I had to hear that right now. I just need to hear it. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, and then I realized, oh, they don't. People, day-to-day -day people, they don't care. Right. And they even, love and, you. And I even said that about the the, the Will and Jada thing, when right. people are going in on, on Jada and Will, and I go, I go, listen, the, the social media ain't real life. Because if you saw Jada, if you saw Will, you're going to um, you're gonna embrace him. You're not going to be like, no, 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 I ain't fuck with you. You said Tupac had alopecia. Right. Mm -mm, you stay away. Right. I, I never liked you in The Matrix anyways. Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> You know, right. You're not gonna say that to no, them. No, you're not. You're not. You're gonna be like, "Hey, what's up?" It's right. just love, you know, real life. And I think that that that's day to day with everything. When we when you read social media, you act like black and white people are at each other's throats right. and stuff like. Go, no, 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 no. It happens, but that's not the day to day life. You know what I mean? Day to day life, you see somebody, you say what's up. People say what's up back. I like that, you know? man. That's a, that's a nice touch. So for people who are watching and um, on YouTube and are listening to this interview, we are in Chicago tonight. We are performing at the Airy Crown. 
And there's a wonderful uh, amount of talent on the show. We it's have, too much talent on the show. Yeah, it's like Gary. We got Melanie Camacho. Too we much. got Benji Brown, Tony T. Roberts. Yeah, she just had two we, we, we got like 19 comedians. Right? It's a long ass show. <laughs> <laughs> we Last got, night ran smooth. I was a little worried. Yeah, ne nephew Tommy is killing. Like, like, we got like boom, 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 boom. What, before you get out of here, because, you know, Gary has got something to do. We'll talk about that later. Yep. Gary, give me like your top five cities that you love, like to perform in. Like, you're like, oh my God, uh, when I go wow. here, I'm amped. I'm Dallas. Boom. Houston. Boom. Uh,. I was at hometown Cincinnati. Bam. Those are always bangers. Chicago. Chicago's Chicago. dope. This motherfucker. Sorry about that. Do you that. know where we are, guy? This no, motherfucker no, going to skip past Chicago. Uh, no, I was, oh, I was yeah. going. Chicago. No, no, no. That's four, right? Four. We got one more. Yeah. Uh, Dover. Dover, Delaware. Just because nobody ever says it. Make it feel good. <laughs> Make it feel good. Right Shout now, Dover, Dover, I'm about to get a parade. Yeah, yeah, they're about to give you a parade. <laughs> I said a joke. This is true. I, I didn't even say a joke. I said one time, I saw, and this is a true story, one of the prettiest women I ever saw in my life uh -huh. was in Paducah, Kentucky. Right. Right? I was at a coffee shop, not a Starbucks coffee shop, and the barista. Right. Gorgeous. And I said it like in an interview or something, or maybe on stage, like, yo, when I tell you Paducah, Kentucky was trying to get me to go there, they wanted, me, they wanted to find the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. They was trying, there was like a searched who the girl was. It was so much going on just because you mentioned it. I said Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> Yo, I had like promoters say, man, we want to bring you to city, man. Show hey, you man, love. Thank you. Appreciate you. We got, got like this. Got your own hoodie out here, Pam. Like they had some festival they want to bring me out. I was like, all oh, because I said they had a badass barista. <laughs> That one thing, so I'm going to say Dover, Delaware. Do Dover, shout Watch out to Dover, Dover Delaware. Me. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you, um, Gary, for making time for me, man. I feel like, you know, you came in today and you just was honest and you just had fun with me. I appreciate that. Hey, this is Top Billing. This is what we do. This podcast is for the culture. It's for the discussion and our movement. I love this guy. Support what he's doing. I'm Bill Bellamy. Next episode coming up soon. We here. Shy City. We're in Chicago, baby. Milk is chillin', this is chillin', what more can I say? Top villain. Top